Welcome to Creek Over Coffee. I'm your host, Keith Harrison, and each episode I speak to a fellow teacher from Cherry Creek High School in Colorado about their classroom strategies and experiences. Today we have Adam Cave from the Fine Arts Department. Adam Cave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I was a little bit nervous about this, and so in looking at my guest list, you came to the top of the list because <laughs> we're good friends and we, I, I was trying to calculate I think we've known each other for like 20 years now. Has it been 20? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, something like that. Yeah? Yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, could you start by telling us what you teach? Yeah, so I teach four choirs. Um, so I teach half of the, the choir department along with Sarah and uh, then I do one piano lab um, toward the end of my day. Okay. Yeah. So... Give it to us. How's, it, how's, it, how's the first couple of days going, and what's it, what are you doing to like actually get your kids singing? With yeah, masks and all the rest. Um, of it? So I think the 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 world of choir has been really decimated by by everything. Um, church choirs aren't meeting. Professional choirs aren't meeting. Um, people that that perform for a living are are out of jobs, um, and so it's been it's been brutal. Um, we were. I know some other districts have said. No singing is allowed at all. We were, there was a task force that met over the summer um, with parents and educators and, and medical professionals um, that looked at the latest research. There were a couple big studies done through CU and CSU about aerosol spray and all of these intricate medical things that I don't begin to understand. Um, and it showed that, that singing is one of the biggest potential spreaders. Um, of the virus, but if you wear masks, if you um, only sing for a certain amount of time and uh, up the social distancing from three to six feet that I think we're trying to do in, in regular classrooms, um, they've said at least six feet or more, Sarah and I are erring on the side of nine to 12 mm -hmm. feet. Um, and so we've moved all of our choirs into bigger rooms. Um, our biggest groups are meeting in the theater every day. Our smaller groups, uh, when we have two choirs at the same time, have gone from the small choir room to the big choir room. So we're getting them in a bigger space with better ventilation. Um, and we've got the kids spread <laughs> insanely far apart. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so it was, it was wonderful to hear that we would continue to be able to make music. Um, so many of our students, like you were saying for your robotics kids, um, this is, this is what they look forward to. This is the, yeah. the, the highlight of their day. Um, so how does that change their experience of singing when they're in that configuration? It is, it is completely different. There, there, so much of, of what we do is, um, it's not just team building, but there's, there's the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so you, you take kids that can't match pitch, you take kids that have never read music before, and if you're able to put them on the risers, like we normally do, near somebody who is decent at those things, um, without working directly with that kid that's struggling, they will just, by singing next to somebody, they'll just pick up a lot of it, um, sometimes without even realizing it. And being so spread out uh, in the theater, being in classes that are so small, uh, the acapella choir is typically in the forties and yesterday I had eight out wow. there. And, um, so the confidence level is, is super low mm -hmm. as it would be if it were me in high school. Um, and 
you know, because it feels like they're singing all by themselves. I'm so far away from them at the piano um, that it was, I had an idea in my head of, of what it would sound like and look like. um, But it was, it was harder um, than I, than I was planning on. Um, And so there was a lot of uh, kind of in the minute um, changing my game plan, um, kind of totally rethinking what music we'll be able to do this year because it's it'll it'll have to be much slower it'll have to be um much less focused on final performances right. and and more just um does working that, does that be... take pressure off in, in some sense that you don't have yes and no i mean it, on the one hand the idea of not having to scramble to put a concert together um it's always such a source of stress that it feels like a weight is lifted but at the same time part of Part of, I think, what, you know, if somebody walks by the choir room and, and in a normal year and sees us rehearsing, part of what they're going to see is a sense of urgency, um, is a sense of, okay, guys, we got to go. Every minute matters. And that is all driven by those performances. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we got, we got three weeks left. Let's, let's get this down. And so it, it gives us some, some really built in need for the kids to, Okay, we don't have time to mess around. Let's you got to go for it. Yeah. Whereas now, there's not that push, and so I'm I'm a little concerned that they will be a bit less motivated. That there won't be that carrot in front of them. We're still going to do. Obviously, if guidelines change and we're allowed to do in-person performances, we will. If things lighten a bit and we're able to maybe bring the kids uh, all together from both cohorts into say the theater and record them and then live stream something um, for parents to watch. At the very least, we're going to do, each group is going to do a virtual choir performance. So there is, there is a performance in mind, but it just, it feels so totally different than what it normally does. Um, it, like everything else, there are just so many unknowns um, that it's really, we're just kind of rewriting our entire curriculum as we go. And and the virtual choir experience is, has comes with its own set of really pretty serious challenges. Oh, right? it does! It does! It, it's um, it's nowhere near the same kind of educational experience for the kids. Um, it involves, you know, from setting up practice tracks to all of the producing and editing. It's probably on the choir director's end. It's about fifty hours of work to put one choir doing one piece mm-hmm. together. Um. So it's, it's a huge, and you know, the end result is fancy and it looks cool and, um, but it's, it, it's a totally different experience for the kids than doing that live performance. And of course for the audience too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask you is the remote component. So, so what does a remote component for a choir class look like? So much like every other teacher, we, we tried to get creative last spring. We tried to do some things to engage the kids, and the engagement level was insanely low. Uh, I had some students, some, I mean, straight-A, live-and-breathe choir sorts of kids message me partway through the, the quarter last year and say, Mr. Cave, I have so much other work in my other classes that I'm going to stop doing your work. I, please don't take it personally. Um, and so in, in that way, it became a... Um, a disincentive for us to do anything that was remotely hard, that was remotely because the kids just didn't 
either didn't want to engage or they were so focused on their their core classes that they didn't. And so it was important to us that we find some new some new strategies to to come at some things. And so it's going to be a a combination of different things. Because our choirs aren't meeting at the same time, there's cohort A and cohort B, some of it is just get-to-know-you activities so that if we're able to come together, they are at least familiar with the other half of the choir. Mm-hmm. Um, so this first week, they're doing a flip grid where they've got to introduce themselves and they can they can see the other students that are in the class. So there'll be some, some get-to-know-you activities, some discussion boards. Um, you know, what are your expectations for this year? What do you hope to get out of this, this crazy year? Um, but then the other pieces where we always wish that we had more time to do listening. And when you're uh, like you were saying before with the concerts in the rush to get things ready for concerts, that's often one of the first things to go by the wayside because it's not directly involved in that piece. So we're going to do some, some listening. Our first, our first big assignment is going to be, they have to watch, um, two, um, kind of hallmarks of the virtual choir world one of eric whitaker's big virtual choirs one of the first ones that was ever made and then and that was some that was quite a few years ago right i think it was yeah. 10 10 years ago yeah. i think yeah. um way before yeah anybody really knew what they were uh and then there's a group um based in colorado called face um and they they did one that involved a lot of community members um singing on the chorus and so the kids are going to watch those two talk about what they're seeing in those videos, what they're hearing, how they imagine a virtual choir experience is the same as singing choir, how it's different. Um, and then their assignment is going to be go on the, the internet and find another virtual choir that they like. And that's all leading up to, unless things change, this is going to be our performance. And so, so it gives them an idea of, of where we're going. Um, so a, a listening component, um, we will do some of our theory and history, the you know the normal, the normal music education um, that we're going to be doing. So it'll be it'll be a mix, and then the the fourth piece that we'll use it for is actual singing assessments. Uh, if we're working on piece X, um, this week's assignment might be record yourself singing measures one through thirty two, um, and then I can give them. And it's actually really nice in Schoology. I can play the recording and just open up my microphone. And instead of typing comments, I can have them listen back and just talk as they're as they're singing, so they get the same, if any, if anything, maybe even more personalized feedback than they would get mm-hmm. in class. Right. It's not going to duplicate the feedback that we get so much back and forth in class, but um, they'll at least get some individual feedback. Fantastic! Sounds yeah. like you've come up with some great ideas. I hope so. I, I hope it it keeps them engaged. Um, I'm interested to see once once we really get going. I'm I'm trying to imagine teaching in person and staying on top of the the online piece and and right now that feels very overwhelming. Yeah. Um because to to give one kid individual feedback that's you know 1 to 3 minutes per kid um and when you when you multiply that by the number of kids we have in the program, that's that's a daunting thing to do week in and week out, while at the same time teaching, teaching. in person. Yeah. So, but that's everybody. So, right. um, to finish off, can you say a little bit about the other class that you teach? There's not a choir class. What? what yeah, so it's piano lab. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a self paced course designed for any level of musician. So we've got kids in there who've never read music, never touched a piano before. We've got kids who have been in private piano lessons for a decade. 
Uh, and they come in, they have individual piano stations and they come in and we have a, um, piano methods book that we use. And I become much more of a facilitator in that class. And the kid interacts with the, the curriculum book and they kind of teach themselves. I give them some of the, the ground level basics at the beginning altogether. And then they, they take off. And so That's it's great. totally self-paced. If a I kid, I would like to take that class. It's, it's fantastic. It, it brings in uh, a, a really amazing mix of kid. I mean, every sort of kid that we have at Creek comes through there. Some kids have always wanted to play piano, but they don't have one at home. Um, some kids, like I said, have been playing forever and they just want that 45 minutes a day of practice time. Right. Some kids are coming in and they're just trying to get their fine arts credit out of the way. Um, but it's, it's phenomenal to see the level of growth that happens from a kid that knows nothing to somebody that can mm. play two hands together. Wonderful. It's a pretty, it's a pretty special class. And so what about remote options for that? It's tricky. Um, for the first time, there's a requirement that they, that they need to have a keyboard at home. We right. tried to imagine a way to not do it. And so much of it is they've got to be interacting with that keyboard. And so, um, we're, we're requiring that they have one. We, we are fortunate over the last eight years, I think we've been slowly replacing all of our old keyboards with more up-to-date ones. So we do have a healthy number of keyboards from the mid nineties mm-hmm. that are a little glitchy, but many of them still work. And so, um, if a student doesn't have one, if they can't borrow one, if they're just not able to track one down, we're just going to check one out to them for the year. We've not collected numbers to make sure we have enough. Um, but hopefully between that and people asking neighbors, you know, um, cause I think, I think keyboards are a lot like guitars. I think a lot of people have them and not a lot of people use them. <laughs> right. Um, so hopefully we'll, um, we'll find some, some keyboards that they can use. So, and then the online component for them, um, they practice at home and on their second online day, they have to set up a video camera and perform, okay. upload the performance, and then I'm able to give them feedback on the performance. Cool. So Awesome. Adam, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure.